Hola. Welcome, friends, talking story. My name's Chris Cantori, and it's great to be with you. This is a food-centric episode today, talking to San Diego food writer, Food Network personality, Troy Johnson, specifically about one of my favorite subjects on the planet, Mexican food. <laughs> Baja cuisine, Baja travel. Troy just recently went south of the border with his uh, fiance, and uh, we're joined by Baja Bound's Jeff Hill on this episode, and we talk about everything from coastal dining to wine country to safety to uh, best places to stay, top destinations. It's a good talk, and uh, before we get to that, we're also sitting down today with uh, Rachel King who's an acclaimed pastry chef who has an amazing story. Transition from working at top restaurants in San Diego, like these high-end Brian Malarkey spots like Seersucker and Gingham and Gangham and Tringham. <laughs> but uh, transitioned out of that world, and now she's part of this edible company called Canico. So we talk about her transition, and it's cool hearing from Rachel because it just shows you how not only does the industry attract good people but it also proves that the industry is highly regulated and uh, bringing people on board that have professional backgrounds and uh, solid members of our community and you're going to meet one of those in just a bit Rachel looking forward to that perfect transition thank one of our sponsors here March and Ash who have a uh, dispensary in Mission Valley. They also have one uh, out in Imperial, East County, or far out east, beyond East County, actually, if you're heading to Arizona. But uh, got a new spot going up in Vista, new one going in in the South Bay area. The operation's blowing up, and uh, just your premier destination. So if you are looking for any THC, CBD products for yourself, a loved one, a pet, certainly head into March and Ash, Mission Valley. Feel free to mention you. And uh, you can also get deliveries online at marchandash.com. Also want to thank my friends at Wonderfront, new sponsor, Music and Arts Fest, coming to San Diego the week before Thanksgiving on the waterfront downtown. The lineup's insane. It's so eclectic. That's what I love most about it. From Ben Harper to Migos, Slightly Stupid to Miguel, Fantagram, Donovan Frankenreiter, MGMT, Tony Hawk's Huck Jam. A lot of stuff happening. The Huck Jam will have suicidal tendencies and Pennywise. Oh, it's going to be a blast. And we've got free tickets to give away if you check out the blog. That goes along with this poster. We've got a little contest embedded into this post for some free Wonderfront tickets. And we're going to be starting a Wonderfront podcast soon here on the U Network, actually sometime this week. So definitely looking forward to that as we sit down first with Chef Rachel King of Canico. Okay, so um, I'm from San Diego, and I got into this uh, in a roundabout way. I was never really into cannabis at all. Okay. Um, I was a pastry chef for about 10 years in San Diego restaurants. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, I was just looking for... A lifestyle change. I mean, 
everybody knows the restaurants are so gnarly. brutal. Yeah, especially the page the pastry business is really super competitive and impacted, right? It, it well, it used to be. Used to be. Then a bunch of articles came out saying the pastry chef is dead. You really? Know, yeah, they were saying, oh, there's not going to be any pastry chefs anymore. They're going to outsource. Well, now nobody's doing pastries, so yeah. it's kind of ripe for the picking as far as that. Why, um, why do you think that is? I'm curious. Why, why would you say that is? Like, Why is the pastry chef kind of a lost art? Well, a lot of... Because people are just used to eating crap. I mean, I'll get all worked up about this Get one, worked but, up. Um, That's why we do this. <laughs> but, I mean, people have varied tastes, but... A lot of people don't care if it's a pre-purchased dessert, right. you know, um, which is obviously bothersome to me because I believe there's a big difference. But, you know, there's people that just go to a restaurant and will order the cheesecake right. or the chocolate cake. If I go to a restaurant and I see that there's cheesecake, chocolate cake, a sundae, I don't ever order it because I know that it's you know pre-purchased. It's yeah. Pre-purchased, maybe yeah. even from Costco. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe Cisco or Costco. Right. Um, but it's easy to outsource. And pastry isn't a huge money maker. It's more um, if you're finishing a beautiful meal, you want to finish it on the right note, right? right? So it should do the meal justice, but a lot of times the bottom line doesn't yeah. allow that. What so. were some of the? Are you allowed to talk about some of the restaurants you worked at in oh, town? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the last one I was at was Nine Ten. I mm-hmm. was there for a few years. Um, before that, I was Brian Malarkey's corporate pastry chef. Wow. So I opened Sears Sucker and then. All the following restaurants. Man, what a high energy just environment. That must have been so stressful at the time. It was very stressful um, because that was my first actual, I was a pastry chef at a little cafe, but that was my first real pastry chef job. And I. And you're working with like a TV star and the whole bit. Yeah. And I mean, we didn't realize, I didn't realize how busy Sears Sucker was going to be. And I knew restaurant openings were hard, but that was. Next level stuff. I remember it at the time. Yeah. It got like national attention and the whole bit and you were there on the front lines yeah and i mean i was i wasn't prepared for that at the yeah. time i mean i did it i made it work because there was no way i was gonna fail yep. but fight or flight it was still you gotta power your hard. way through yeah yeah so after 10 years i understand burnout i understand uh over it ready to try something different so then how did this come about so my brother um had been in the business for a while, and I had met some other people that actually went to the same high school as I did. Um, Where'd you go to school? I went to Patrick Henry. Oh, my kids are going to go there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Should it's... I be frightened as a parent? No, I guess it's a really good school. It was fine <laughs> then, but now it's really good, I guess. So. That's what I hear, too. Hopefully, yeah. I know people like probably that you graduated with and and a lot older, and I think back to those guys, I'm like, girl, I'm like, man, I don't know if my kids growing up with Henry. Yeah, I don't know if it's it a different was school that today. great. But now it's top tier. So it is top tier. That's what I hear. So <laughs> a bunch of childhood friends are in the yeah, space and say, hey, and you should come over. Yeah. And I didn't feel comfortable at the time. Because um, of the cannabis connection? Yeah. I just felt like I needed a change. But did I actually want to make that step? Because if I, it didn't work out, what if I wanted to go back to restaurants? Would it kind of tarnish? There was much more stigma back then. Of course. Um, but the opportunity kind of eclipsed my doubts so um i did it and was quiet about it for quite a few years um but it's now is that because you were were you a parent at this point too or did that come later um i be i got pregnant like three months in okay so So you're already my point being is you're it wasn't the you're already 
keeping it kind of quiet at the time and then i'm sure you have kids and then suddenly you're like oh my gosh now i really got to keep it probably extra quiet yeah and it was just a different it was a little bit different you know a few years ago than it is now as far as you know do you see the stigmas loosening up oh yeah it's me too crazy like the people i used to just say oh i'm a pastry chef and i still do sometimes just because it depends yeah. on the person. I don't want to get into You're right. Um, <laughs> judgments are judgments. And yeah. sometimes you just don't feel like talking, too. That is true. Um, but now when I tell people it's crazy, people open up about all the different yep. things that they do. So, And then you're, you're making, I would imagine, the same pastries you made at a malarkey seersucker level. And you've just now you're infusing it with cannabis products, right? Yeah, the difference is, I mean, we have to do packaged foods, which was a learning curve for me at first. Mm-hmm. Um, just and child say, safety and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's the same quality ingredients. We're using a lot of the same purveyors um, that I would use at a restaurant. And, you know, a lot of the cooks I have came from restaurants that I worked at. So, so do you have a full, part of my ignorance, yeah. I'm just curious as it relates to the company, do you have a full kitchen operation staff? Like it's a, it's a unit. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. It started with um, two people in the kitchen, including myself. And now we have, I mean, it depends on the time of year, but um, anywhere between 10 to 15 people in the kitchen. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking at, yeah, some of the products here. Like you have, obviously, uh, brownies, these blondies. You have, uh, like you're making these... uh, these jellies too, the gummies and stuff. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're making those as well. Yeah, we make. Um, I love our jellies. I, I brought you the mango chili ones. They're made with real fruit, so no gelatin. They're vegan. Um, they're really good. How cool! Yeah. And uh, where where can you find? Obviously, I mentioned you. Know, I do work with March and Ash, and I know they're in other dispensaries as well. But where, where do you see the company and this type of thing going in the years to come? You know, there are a lot of people who are just getting introduced to cannabis and this movement, if you will, where do you see things going for yourself and this company? Well, I think, you know, as the stigma fades more, because it will as far as, you know, the more education that people get in regards to cannabis, um, the more people will be comfortable trying out our products. Sure. And we really do try to um, cater to people, you know, that are – uh, experienced consumers and then people that are a little bit afraid, right? Yeah. Um, but right now we're in almost all the dispensaries in San Diego, um, up through Orange County, a lot in LA, and then it gets a little thinner up to the Bay Area, um, but that's definitely a target of ours. So. And, and when it comes to the consumers and the people that are into your products, what would you say your target demographic is? Somebody who's a, really into food, they're looking for different delivery methods, they like sweets. I mean, for us... It's somebody that appreciates, you know, the taste of it in, in addition to the feeling that it's going to give you. Just because I think, you know, people think about pot brownies that they had maybe when they were in high school. Right. And they taste terrible, right? Terrible. Um, you don't know how they're going to hit. <laughs> yeah. You, you're on the moon. You're in an ER. You don't know. Yeah. So a lot of the feedback we get is like, wow, this doesn't taste like crap. You know, they, they're like, wow, it tastes good. So, I mean, anybody that is interested in trying it in a controlled dose. You and know, that was what I was going to say. It's because you don't yeah. know what you're getting, and that's why I like it, because you can have just a little dose or a micro dose, and maybe that's all you need to get that sleep you're trying to get or relief you're trying to get in whatever area. Yeah, everybody is in, you know, 
it's very individual in regards to dosing. We have people that are medical patients that want, you know, 1,000 milligrams, which obviously we can't do now. Um, but somebody like me, I've been pregnant or nursing since we started this business, and I'm just kind of <laughs> delving into this You're now. Like, oh, um, what, is, what have I been making for the last five you know, years? You know, so I... Two and a half milligrams is like you're fine. good. Well, it just relaxes me, right? I get like, it. I'm not trying to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thank you to Rachel. Isn't she the coolest? And uh, if you're into what Rachel's cooking in her kitchen, be be sure to check out Canico. And yes, yeah, you can find it over at March and Ash, San Diego's premier dispensary. My dog is looking at me right now, giving me those eyes. She wants me to take her on a walk. All right, I'll tell you what, Bailey. I'll take you on a walk while we talk to uh, Troy Johnson here. Troy, local food critic, dear friend. Troy and I have had a long relationship here in San Diego, 20-plus years. Started as a music critic, now a food critic writer, San Diego Magazine. Also a uh, international TV personality on the Food Network. Guys, Grocery Games, other shows there on Food Network. Couldn't love Troy more. And uh, joined this conversation by uh, Baja Bounds, one of our sponsors, Jeff Hill, who's throwing out some tips for traveling south of the border. Everything from coastal dining to wine country to safety being discussed here. So let's pick up with Troy. Well, I have a New York uh, fiance, you know, and in New York, you know, you, they hear Baja and they're like, oh, my God, it's this, you know, it's mystical, magical, you know, dusty place. Dangerous. Dangerous. It's everything, you know, it's everything rolled into one, you know, it's just it's all that energy and passion and possibly crime and beautiful surf and beer. You know, I was like, all right, well, then I'm going to take you down. Let's go. So we went down, to, <laughs> went down to La Fonda. She had no idea what to expect, you know, and we drove across. And La Fonda, we, which is uh, where exactly? La Fonda, you go. It's a K5, K58, I believe. K58, where we used to go camping and surf all the time oh, as a yes. kid. There's this perfect little right break out there. It's actually a beach break. goes both ways, but I remember the right was awesome. And it's just barely like San Diego doesn't get unless you're going to Black's Beach. You I know? remember the left being goofy-footed. Yeah, so you go down there camping you know you'd put the like his tent in the dirt and you hang out the palapa have a few beers and just live out your best life you know so i took her down there and she didn't really know what to expect you know and she loved it she had, she had a great time of course th- here's the thing though i didn't look too much into my airbnb I I thought she needed a break, right? We're planning for a wedding. She needed like to just totally decompress. I was going to cook for her all weekend in this <laughs> private little casita. You know, and I'm like, all right, I got to go grocery shopping. I'm going to cook all weekend. We're just going to sit on the beach and do nothing. And she's like, "What? hey, it says in our Airbnb thing that you can walk to the restaurants. So why, why let's not do dishes, all right? Let's just hang out for a week. I'm like... Oh, and me being just kind of stupid, and like if you if you say something, I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Sure, you, know, you went like, with it. All right, well then I won't I won't do any. But it know, ended up being dishes. a good I won't thing. Get, bring any groceries because you hit the restaurants. Sure enough, the restaurants were too far to walk. Oh mm-hmm. shush! Yeah, restaurants are too far to walk. They're like, well, you can walk if you get it on the right high <laughs> tide. I mean, low tide. Yeah, so we're going down there. But anyways, ended up like having this great week and just figuring it out. And that's kind of what I love about Baja is that you just kind of figure it out. Yeah. You know? I mean, you may not have all of the creature comforts, and that's exactly why you want to go down there because you don't have all those creature comforts. You just It's an adventure every single time. We ended up having the best time of our lives. Coming back, it was the wine harvest. Yeah, and, and before we get to the return, <laughs> because the return's so awesome, and I want to talk about my last return because that's – 
that's a whole adventure in in itself. It is. And it is. and Jeff knows about my return because right. I think I actually called him in tears <laughs> a couple of days after, or had him just walk me Baja's through. Baja is the most amazing thing ever. It is. Yeah. It really is. But then on the way out, I had to call. I called Jeff days later, and I was like, dude, just. It was like checking in with a therapist. Just walk yeah, me through right. this. I'm not alone, right? right. It was very comforting knowing that what I experienced <laughs> others do as well. But, of course, it was a day when streets were closed. It was a Sunday. There was some festival going on, getting rooted through all these. I mean, it was kind of like that scene in a European vacation. There's Big Ben. <laughs> I was in a roundabout, just going around and around and around to a point where I ended up getting into a – some guy hit me, and I'm like, don't sweat it. I drive an old forerunner. I'm like, yeah. whatever. I just want to keep going in That's my circle. That's why you drive a truck. That's why you, you drive – don't have to give a damn. An old truck yep. at Absolutely. that. So uh, let's talk about the experience itself. So you, you, you chose La Fonda for what reason in particular? Well, La Fonda – Oh, I really liked it because it's, I mean, I, yeah, I had memories of K-58 and they're just magically surfing down there. I mean, you're really alone and, you, and we were alone again. And that's the whole allure of it. You know, I go surfing out in Ocean Beach and, you know, and, you know I'm like a half block from the OB pier. So right. I walk to the, every day for a lunch break and I Bastard. go surf, you know. Uh. Hey, look, it has trade-offs. I'm half unemployed. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, I walk and I go surf, and there's, there's 67,000 guys out there. You know, I think some of them have, like, iWatches on. They're checking their email out there. I mean, it's just chaos. Yeah. You know, so you go down to Boston. They're filming their sessions, by the way, because I've got the iWatch, and there's this new technology where you hit start session, and then you stop session, and you go back to the Surfline app, and if the cameras are firing, they'll catch every wave that you rode. No. Yes. I swear. Okay, now I'm going to be the dick with the iWatch out there. <laughs> right, I'm the dick with the iWatch, but you could go back and watch your waves, dude. Okay, that sounds way too Come fun. on. Right, I'm, Come I'm on. So yes. you, you wanted it for a, a surf trip, but yeah. I, but what about the food side of it, too? Yeah, so we, we basically ate. I mean, we found like a couple little like, you know, um, little places. We went down to Splash down there. Splash is awesome. It's right on the water. It's this big blue, like, you know, uh, like almost like kind of looks like a really like big bed and breakfast meets nightclub, you know, and they've got this big patio overlooking like this nice cove and everything it's else. Awesome. And that's all you want. You know, I want a nice patio with a little bit of shade, a woman I love, and a beer. You're like, right. That's really it. Or a yeah, good so margarita. Out, hang out, hung out there, you know, got some ceviche, uh, you know, got some seafood. We also went to La Fonda, the, um, uh, the hotel there. Hotel's got a nice, you know, like okay. balcony as well. You know, we had a couple like steak dinners there. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got some street tacos and everything else. Have you done the uh, the wine country thing before or that oh. wasn't? Oh, I totally forgot about that. So then on Saturday, because I've, I've taken. Okay. That's trip. what I was. I saw pictures of you in wine country <laughs> and I'm like, wait, look, is that a different trip? Part of going to Mexico is being able to forget what you did in Mexico. Who smokes right? weed here? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we go down on Saturday, went down to Valle de Guadalupe. And Valle de Guadalupe, I did a big cover story on it in San Diego Magazine a few years ago when it was really exploding again. Um, you know, And it, I just remember it as a magical place. And one of my favorite places down there is Deckman's in Elmogore. Um, and this Deck is considered... Part of my ignorance, wine country. This is right? wine country, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's like they're, they're growing um, like grapes on the moon, you know? No way. It really is. You go out there, there's something magical about it. And the desert of, you know, Baja kind of has, has that same feel to me as like 
Death Valley. Okay. You know, or you go out to Anza Borrego or that sort of Super thing. Super dry. You know, except for then you have arid. a surf, surf break right next to it, you know, which adds a little bit of allure. But we went down, the, you go basically down to Ensenada and go about 15, 20 minutes up into the hills. And that's the wine region up there. And it's, you know, it's dusty, but it's beautiful. They got all these like architectural pods up in the hills where people can stay. And Deckman's in Elmagore. It's this two-star Michelin chef who's cooking under pine trees out what? there. What? Okay, so all, those were the pictures that I saw yeah, on your Insta, right? All fire. That was stunning. Everything. I mean, it has all this. I mean, he's wearing, um, he's wearing like basically Baja 500 goggles. He wears motorcycle Seriously? goggles because he's got so much smoke coming at him. He's got quail. He's got oysters. Everything's like from around the area. You got wine pairings from all the wineries there. It's on a winery, uh, one of the best um, wineries down there. It's awesome. I mean, it really is. It has that Baja soul in terms of like everything's kind of an off-road, you know, a little Palapas type of place, you know. And then the yeah, beautiful arch- modern architecture The, the architecture is stunning. Amazing. Some of the stuff they've done down there is so incredible. Yeah. And it's, it's, really, it's really cool, too, because they, at some point, some hotels were trying to get in there, and they wanted to build big towers. Mm-hmm. And the government said, nope, we're going to keep it simple. You can't have, I, don't, I think it's, you can't have a structure more than three stories. Okay. So they're trying to keep the vibe, you know. Just and they've done a pretty good job with yeah. that because you had a lot of like Hugo de Costa and a few other um, like old school wine guy, people, men and women, that stood up to some of these developers and said, no, yeah. you can't overdo this. You know, we don't need another Disneyland in Vegas down here. And they've been able to keep it so that it's like still got that. So, cool. how many wineries would you say are in this region? Oh, come over, on, Jeff. Over, it's over 100. What? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can. You can oh, my God. They call it the Napa that, Valley of Mexico. Yeah, you thought you were going to say like a dozen. No, I'm no, not no, joking. No. no. In fact, I mean, we we have a, a guide that, that we did ourselves. We were going down there and visiting a lot of the wineries, talking to the, the winemakers, taking photos. Um, and we were, we'd go to like three or four, you know, in a day. And that's about all you can do. Yeah. You could spend a month there. That's insane. Yeah. Still, and yeah it's, 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 and so other- are these restaurants that you're talking about, are they attached to the wineries, or these are experiences that are happening adjacent to? They're mostly attached to the wineries. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I went down to Javier Placencia's place. Javier Placencia had a great restaurant in San Diego called Brasero, which actually got nominated for a James Beard Award as the best new restaurant in America. Um, didn't work out because the location was bad. It was in Little Italy, if you remember it. But he's one of the best Mexican-American chefs. He's Where was got, that place? It was over by Craft and Commerce in Little Italy. Okay. Yeah, it was this big, it's like a three-story place. It's kind of thin. Yeah, I never made it over the there. aerial building. Um, but so anyways, he had to close that down, but he's got a place down there. There's this 200-year-old oak tree that he's, it's got so much shade. I've slept under it. I did a big story and slept Come under on. it. Come <laughs> on. One night. Yeah, because that's Baja. You're like, I'm like, he's, I'm like, hey, there's a tree. Can I sleep under it, Javier? He's like, yeah, go for it, man. You're all good. That, you know. So talk to me as far as who's going to and visiting this re- these winery i mean is it mostly tourists i mean from your experience you know, it, jeff it's actually really cool because not only is it bringing you know typically people talk about baja and it's like you know beach fish tacos mm-hmm. and the wine country's really elevated this you know this it's a new form of tourism you right know, they're really promoting it as a high-end upscale experience and it's great because you are getting people that are interested in wine that would go to Napa, but they're coming down here instead. That's amazing. Yeah, there were people me. down there with good credit cards and comfortable shoes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I looked at them and I'm like, I don't deserve in the same. I don't. I don't belong in the same bracket as you in life and taxes. That, you know? and, and where? What are the accommodations like? I mean, we're talking five star accommodations. Well, 
again, because they haven't been able to build any big hotels, a lot of them mm-hmm. are kind of more like hacienda type experiences. And there's also a stunning amount of really, really new Airbnbs that have popped up. Mm-hmm. And I had friends that rented one. We did a weekend in the valley, and um, it was like 3,000 square feet, hot tub on the roof, Damn. fire pit on the roof, all super modern. I got to do this with my wife. It slept, it's a yeah, great... it slept like eight people, and it was like 200 bucks. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's just... And are you booking through Airbnb? Yeah. Pardon my, again, yeah. ignorance I've, I've here. actually rented a ton of Airbnbs. That's where I got my Airbnb down yep. at La Fonda, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, we, there's a place we stayed down a few years ago, and obviously there's been a ton of more developments down there, but um, in Quintro, um, Anta Resort, um, E-N-C-U-E-N-T-R-O. It's all these, like, singular pods up in the hills. So you basically have this, like, New York studio on in the middle of this like wine hill. You have to walk through a dirt what? path. They give you a flashlight to get to your own little like, Shut studio. Up. Little pod. It's yeah. a pod in the middle of this mountain. Come on. And, and you have this. You know. Have you stayed here, Jeff? I, I, no, I've driven past. You just it heard time. about it's it. Yeah. It's twenty just... foot window that your bed looks out on over these wine. It's come awesome. on. And you did this, Troy. Yeah. Best. If you if you didn't he, get claustrophobic? No, are you kidding me? I'm like, you're. It's got the wide open world. I feel like I'm on Pink Floyd's moon. Yeah, you know. And you're in a pod. There's yeah. just a bed in there and a nightstand. It's really, what it is? It's this. I mean, it almost looks like one of those shipping containers, except for a really nice, architecturally beautiful <laughs> shipping container. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. amazing to um, me. Amazing. The best thing is if you talk to somebody that's never been to Baja before, and you take them to the wine valley, it's like. Oh my gosh! I've never mm. been. I have it, it, got to let's go. go. Let's do a trip. I, yeah, I'm serious. I'll, I'll drive. If you'd like <laughs> your relationship, if you'd like a relationship to start, um, a relationship to continue, you know, a relationship to mend, that's a best best spot. That's to go. a spot because I honestly, our trip down to Baja was a little janky because I hadn't been down there in a little while. See, that's you know? me, man, and that's how I feel, and that's why I wanted Jeff on here. Because I want to get more better acquainted with it. Exactly. And so uh, when I took her down to Valle, but she was like, oh, oh, okay. I'll stay with you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Before that, though, she was questioning it. She's, she's a champ, man. She's a champ. She'd go with anything. But she's like, when was the last time you came down here? I'm like, okay, it's been a little while. Hold on, hold on. I know. <laughs> See, and that's how I feel. And don't you get anxious, too? I get anxious in those situations. You know, but great, that's what the tequila is for. I mean, the great thing is about Baja. I mean, I've been down there you know, when I was a kid. Right, we'd started at like age fourteen. We started venturing over into um, into uh, Tijuana to get a, get some beers when sure. you're fourteen years old. Of I course. was four foot eleven. <laughs> I hadn't hit puberty. I would go up to a peanuts and beer. They would let you in if you had this thing that we got downtown that said, "I, I is not a real government document." It, it bl- emblazoned over the over the front. It was like this is not real in any way, sense, or shape, or form. Please don't accept this. And they would take it. Yeah. You know, this is a this is a definitely older time. Different time. It was Different the time. 80s. But I walk up and I'd be like, hi, can I have a Corona, please? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Just... It's amazing, isn't it, though? <laughs> so they started there, and then I was like, my buddies were like, hey, let's go surfing. So then that's what really started. I love Affair of Baja from age like 15 to like 28, you know? Magical, I, right? Yeah, I drive my truck 200 Magical. miles down, make a right at that like kilometer 152 past Ensenada, and just, and we get lost. We get our truck stuck, but you get it undone, and then we'd end up on a nameless beach, sleeping on the sand. All of it. I mean, we, had, we traded um, t shirts for the local like lobster guy. He just had a single boat he caught some he's all he's like hey you guys want some lobsters we're like oh man can we give you anything all we have is like really a t-shirt we don't have any money you know he took it 
it was some of the best experiences of my magical. Life. Yeah. And that's how I feel about Baja as well. And then uh, the nine eleven happened, right? And then yeah. things things kind of change mm-hmm. in our and, and that uh, that vibe and that magic and that that specialness that I used to feel. I just felt that it was waning until I went back down recently. And you know, I've always had a great love for it, and I had been down a lot. But more recently, I just went down there, and I felt myself kind of tapping back into that magic mm-hmm. that Troy's talking about, and. Let's talk about that here for a minute, because I can tell you straight up, when I was down there, not for a second did I feel unsafe, to the point where I started to question, where did that all come from the last 10 years or whatever? Where, why, why did that get in my head? And maybe we start there, Jeff. What would you, as somebody who has worked with Baja Tourism now for, for over 20, almost 30 years, you know what? What was going on, and what happened? Where somebody like me would celebrate it so much, and then I still did, but there was a disconnect. Yeah, you know, I feel like 2009 there was definitely kind of a heightened concern over the security issues down there. Um, but I think the government did a really good job of trying to mend that and improve the situation. Um, and honestly, I mean. I think right now it's as good as it's ever been. That's kind of how it's I just, felt. You know, the the I feel like the economy down there is doing well. You know, the hotels are are getting booked, um, restaurants are are busy, um, but uh, yeah, for a time there, people didn't want to go. The, the the swine flu happened in two thousand nine as well, as did the new passport requirement. So two thousand nine mm. was like a forgettable oh, year. God. It was like, whew, it was tough. I'm surprised you still have Baja bound up there. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I mean, no one was going down at that yeah. time, right? I mean, that was when I did that big cover story. One of the most interesting narratives that came out of talking to a lot of the locals down there was that, you know, one of the big things that happened is they started really fighting the drug scene, right? And they took out the main cartel. So when you take out the main cartel, you know, like, I mean, it, it, it basically a lot of like South American people started sending up their guys to try and grab the drug scene. And it ended up in a bunch of violence. It, yeah. happened, it, it was a bad couple years you know but then from what i understand from the ashes of that was it created one of the best mexico's that's ever been or best bajas that's ever been where they took their so, town back right well, yeah, well mm-hmm. their community when, back. when the tourists stopped coming they started doing things for themselves there you go and exactly. that it was like this renaissance where hey this is, we're gonna do it because we want to do it for us yep and so that's when i mean tijuana has some restaurants that have popped up that dude are, the culture, exactly, just phenomenal. Yeah. And you go down there, and my mind was blown. I was like, whoa, this wasn't the TJ of yesteryear that Troy right. was talking about mm-hmm. when I was going to, uh, what was it called? Mr. Crowns. Mr. Crowns, Rita Rita, Mr. A's, Escape Club, <laughs> Hong Kong. Well, Hong Kong still Baby Rock. Yeah. <laughs> baby, <laughs> baby Rock, yes. Bambies. Was Bambies down there too? I forget. But man, I used to have some great time. But it's not the same Revolution, yeah, if you will. It's, well, and that's what happened. I mean, really, Revolution was, was a hackneyed tourist idea of yes. what Americans would want Mexico to be like. With right. the donkeys and, and, and the then, whole bit. And then after like those bad couple years happened, you know, and it got cleaned up, obviously. And, you know, and when I did my story, people were so afraid of the violence. And I did, so I went, oh, well, let's So look, what was your story, Troy? It was basically on the region and why it was all of a sudden coming up and people were loving it and going down there for the food and the wine yes. and everything else. And what happened was that 
I looked into the crime stats. You have more of a chance of getting in, in like a violent crime than Chicago, St. Louis, something like 15 or 20 other American cities. You don't hear a Mexican go, sorry, kids, there's a, uh, you know, there's uh, some violence in Chicago, so we're not going to go to Disneyland yep. this year. You know I mean? You just know, you know, that certain areas, you know, can be worse and you just, you, you're smart about it. And what happened with that, with that is that they really did build a Mexico for Mexicans. Yeah. And that's what I want to see when I go to a different country. I don't want to see. Completely concur. I don't want to go to France and see like somebody wearing a beret and go, ha ha ha, paint you in the nude. You know what I mean? I want, you know, like I want, I want real French. Yeah. And, and that's what Baja feels like now. It feels like a real culture. I mean, there's still obviously a lot of touristy stuff and people sure want yeah. that too. Yeah. But I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, it definitely, while it was a, a struggle for those couple of years, because a lot of, a lot of, you know, businesses had to close. Yeah. I couldn't keep the doors open. But what's come out of it since has just been, really incredible and when you hear that stuff when you do hear stuff about the violence and stuff from the past i mean how did that affect your business Uh, did you because i remember being at the ut and uh they were very sensitive about printing stuff regarding violence south of the border Mm -hmm. and the impact it could have on tourism because we do have as troy was saying this oh my gosh i'm gonna go down there and get shot in the streets which couldn't be further from the truth it got overblown by american media it for did sure. didn't it that's kind of what i'm asking did you feel that yeah. way oh, absolutely. jeff absolutely. you did and we oh my gosh yeah really I mean, people would call us and they're like well i'm really nervous to go down there and you know we're always happy to just chat with people and, and you know hey just use common sense don't do anything you wouldn't do yeah in mm-hmm. the u.s and enjoy it and You'll it's be fine. not an issue talk to people i mean the people the, the locals down there are, are wonderful yeah. it was and, some and, of the best people and, and that's what i found in and, my article too is that it was so overblown that people were like you go down there machetes fall from the sky yeah. you're like oh my god you guys <laughs> jesus christ yeah it's, you know yeah people have if if, if you only read the news mm-hmm. and never visited there yourself right. you're gonna have like this irrational fear of, of sure. going down there but it's funny if you talk to a mexican they go, oh, I don't want my kids to go to the U.S. There's mass shootings in yeah, schools. Yeah, the schools and, and guns like, and schools. That was uh, my, the security guard at the Airbnb we stayed at. And he, I, I was sitting there, and he's like, wow, a lot of violence in America, huh? Right? And I'm like, and I for a second, I like, chuckled. Instinctively, I chuckled. I'm like, oh, no, oh, my God, you're right. That's heavy. I looked at it, and I'm like, there has been way more violence in America than there has been in Mexico in the last, like, six months. Yeah, That's so heavy when you put it through that filter, though. Here we're talking about, oh, it's scary going to Mexico. Exactly. And then you put it through that filter, and you're like, holy shit. All they're seeing is news reports of another mass shooting in America. Mass shooting, AR-15. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I've never, you know, honestly, I've never felt unsafe down there. I've been down there, I mean, dozens Me and dozens and dozens That's of times. That's how I feel, man. You know, again, it's common sense, you know? I mean, am I going to, you know, find a neighborhood that has crime trouble? Like, am I going to drive into, into southeast Chicago? No, I'm not going to. I'm going to avoid southeast Chicago. So I'm not going to go to the southeast Chicago of uh, Mexico. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know where I'm not supposed to be. I know there's be. areas where you just don't go. Like and if you city. find yourself there, that's when you hail it, get an Uber and say, get the f- F out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. You go down that beautiful coast, you know, the the, um, the toll road road, you know, and yeah. you just drive along the coast and you're stopping at and all the little the puertos there. You know, I mean, that's where you where you go and you enjoy yourself. Yeah. So you're a professional, Jeff. When it comes to Baja travel, tell us about some of the best places for people to check out. I just oh, got gosh. back. I was in Gaviota. That's when oh. I. Oh, you got to pick between your friends, don't you? I feel like the, the most magic spot as a surfer and in a, a big destination is Scorpion Bay. Yeah, I got to do two trips down there um, in high school, 
and that was kind of eye-opening. You know, it's 18-hour road trip. You know, you're on the road for a couple days just to get there, but then once you get there, it's this whole series of point breaks, and it's a pretty iconic destination. Have you ever been, Troy? I have never been to Scorpion Bay. Me neither. No. Do you I've... want to go together? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. I got a buddy who runs the Scorpion Bay Hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's connected to Josh Hall. And I'm, I'm in. Person. I would love yeah. to. And they've been there. asking me. Yeah. And I knew that I had a Mexican auto insurance connection in the room. <laughs> but I needed a travel buddy. Absolutely. And Companion, I, compadre. I, I, I was going to ask Jeff, but since he's been twice. He's already been down. I'm, right? going been, with I'm sorry. I'm throwing you under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> so that those two or trips. Or we could all just, go. I'm yeah, kidding. That was the two trips were my introduction. I've, I've been back a handful of times. Okay, since. forget it. It's me and Troy going. Uh, <laughs> I was inviting you. No, now but- you're uninvited again. <laughs> but that's magic, right? It's incredible down there, and I've never been. Yeah, the, the surfing, I mean, surfing in general down there is phenomenal because you can, you can go just about anywhere and find empty surf. Sure. You know, and that's hard to do in, in California right now. Well, and that's, oh, my God. I mean, that's when I was looking at K58s. We were eating, eating breakfast, you know, and, and I'm being, you know, just a conscientious partner, you know, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend quality time with you. We're going away. It's really hard as a surfer, though, when you're sitting there over, like, empty waves. I mean, just these cranking rides of guys are getting barreled. I'm like, oh. I'm all sorry. What did you say, honey? What did you, what did you say, babe? <laughs> you know, it's really hard to be an attentive partner when you're, you're looking at a right hand break. Like and that. it's a different and, wave down there, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're fast waves. Like, I have to be on my waves. game being waves. a fat yeah. dude. Some of, your other, <laughs> some of your other favorite spots. Well, obviously the Wine Valley. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's, it changes everyone's perception of what, what Baja is. Sure. Um, and there's, again, you could spend a month there and not get to experience everything. Um, so that's, that's a great spot. Um, there's, there's a bunch of other cool destinations. Um, Are there any like hidden gems within Ensenada or Rosarita? I know that just sounds so, talking about those spots to me feels so 80s. You know? mm, yeah, <laughs> they've been, they've yeah. been around for a while. It's like saying going to Hawaii, I guess. Yeah. Oahu. So, you know, I, I got more into some of the off-road stuff down there. Okay. There's a place called Mike Sky Ranch. That's uh, it's up in the mountains, totally off the grid. It's kind of like a, a kind of a hot spot in the you know the motorcycle off-roading community. Um, you you know it's like twenty miles off the road, and they always cook like a big steak dinner. It's like the family style. Yeah. Um, out in the open. Um, they cook everything out in the open. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a really cool spot. Um, further south, um, there's an observatory up at ten thousand feet. It's the highest peak. In Where's Baja. this? San Pedro Martir. It's a national okay. park. Uh, and they've got scientists that come from all over the world and go up there to do research because it's so dark up there, you know. Um, sure. I mean, it's, it's, that's why you go down to Mexico because yeah. you can see the stars. See the stars. Um, and you can you basically drive. It's about 50 miles off the highway up, up at elevation. And Damn. it snows up there. There's a national park up there where you can camp and hang out. And it's all pine forest. It's like it's it's. Not typical of what people think of right. when they think of Baja. And you do the racing team, too, right? Yeah. You take part in the races. Have you ever done that, Troy? That's something I've also... Oh, hell no. Yeah, I'm not mad enough. <laughs> I know. I was going to say. I see those, they're I such see those wussies. flying Crazy. at like you know, 80 miles an hour. Those are real men. around a corner. And real like, fucking men with testicles. Absolutely, like real testicles. Yes, we have these little yeah. saggy, wimpy balls. Yeah. These guys. Yeah, no, I got the snack size. Exactly <laughs> my point, man. Little hamster nuts. And these guys are just dragging 
when they walk. Crazy. I, real you know, dudes, right, Jeff? It's yeah, it's the real deal. And I mean, it's dangerous. I mean, racing in Baja is no joke, <clears throat> and you got to be really prepared. But we, yeah, we've got a bike team that we started in 2015, and I was fortunate to ride in a handful of races. But then the team got better and better and better. And it, scarier and scarier. Yeah, yeah. guys <laughs> that were going faster and faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so. They didn't want me on the bike anymore because I wasn't fast. And you said, okay, thanks. I'm yep. sorry. I'm done. I'm, like, I'm cool with that. And that was right when my daughter was born, too. So I'm like, I don't need to be flying. Yeah, then it becomes a liability. Worse. Yeah, wife doesn't like that but either. The team, yeah, the team went on to win. So everything's divided up by classes. So our team is a class 30 pro moto bike, which means everybody on the on the bike is 30 years or older. Okay. And so we won the championship in 2016 and 2017. So then the, the, the bikes are doing the races, and they have the dune buggies. These are all separate. These every, are all different verticals, right? Different classes, yeah. Classes, yeah. but you focus primarily on on the bikes. On the and bikes. Then, but we sponsor, you know, a bunch of other people that that race. We got a Cameron Steele who um, races the trophy truck. Sure. He just won the Baja 1000. Dang, dude. Um, so that was really exciting. And you do a lot of stuff with surfers too. I know, like yeah. Josh Kerr. Yeah. Josh Kerr is a client. We've been working with him for a couple That's of years. Awesome. He's helping. You know, spread the spread the word about. So what apparently, we do. me and Troy are the second and third best surfers that you work with. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> oh, and da- not, well, Damian Hopgood was in, in okay. the mix too. We just uh, got knocked out I mean, again, it's, Troy. It's, okay, all right. Damian's got a few things. Over Damian, me. you bastard. Yeah, they can stand up consistently. <laughs> so we yeah. obviously recommend that people hook up with Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. And thank you, Jeff. Your support has been monumental, and uh, I couldn't thank you enough. We wouldn't be able to do what we do without your support buddy we love being a part of it you're the hugest thank you dudes troy johnson jeff hill appreciate you coming on talking story along with pastry chef the amazing rachel king and uh, be sure to check out previous episodes of talking story my name's chris cantori also want to thank my friend Jake Nager for the background music. Jake Nager in the Moment of Truth. Great shite. You could find them online, all streaming platforms. Again, it's Jake Nager, N-A-J-O-R, and the Moment of Truth. Great stuff. Thank you to all our sponsors, our patrons on the Patreon. Special shout-outs to uh, Jennifer Butch, Beer Stash, Jason, Dave Cannon, Mariposa Ice Cream, best homemade ice cream on the planet thank you for helping us keep the lights on for the last uh, year and a half two years now i'm so indebted to all of you you don't even know if i don't tell you now i mean i'm i'm serious you're just the greatest and i love you so all right until next time treat yourself well don't forget i'm going to share a couple of words from my uh my instagram people make fun of my emo memes but there's some powerful stuff on here It's not my stuff, so I could say it's powerful stuff. I lift it from another feed and credit them. But uh, here's a couple of things I thought I would share. When you're saying yes to other people, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. All right, that's one. People will notice the change in your attitude towards them, but won't notice their behavior that made you change. But who cares, right? It's not about them. Who cares what they think? And then my last one here, which I think is the most impactful and a great way to stop or great place to stop. I don't know if anyone needs to hear this, 
but tomorrow wouldn't be the same without you. Okay, be well. Talk to you soon.